Ready? Ready. Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast, episode 17-8. That's right, it's like World 17, level 8. We are definitely longer than most games. Yes, we're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Yes, we got your name right this week. <laughs> For now. <laughs> um, yeah, every week we hang out, we listen to great video game music of all consoles and all generations. It's just, if it's good, we're going to find it, we're going to play it, and this week is a special episode. Special episode. Just like my wife. Yeah, right, I know. Um, I'll have to explain that later. (laughs) Yeah, we we, we will. Um, Every month we have a live streamed episode, so this episode is being recorded live for our Patreon members. So at patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels, uh, you can support the show there, and you get access to um, watching us do the show and getting in the chat room and cracking jokes while we're cracking jokes and being silly and listening to great tunes together. It's like a it's like a listening party. And honestly, that's exactly what it is. That's actually a good descriptive for yeah, it. So like we it. just goof off, just like try to communicate, chat in the group, and chat with each other. Yeah. And just be outright multitasking. And then the switch, I have it plugged up right now, but I hope to eventually do more with that too. Oh, okay. Um, are you on? Yeah, you're on. Hey, you're on, buddy. Do you not hear yourself? It might be me. It actually was totally me. This is live, everybody. <laughs> can you hear yourself now? Yeah, I can. Okay, wonderful. And we're rolling. Can you hear me? Anyway. Can you dig it? <laughs> can you imagine, like, they have, like, they have the casting for, um, what was that shit? The, uh, um, uh, uh, um, that 80s, you know. That 80s shit. The Warriors. Oh. It's like, uh, like, like for the casting for that role. Like, okay, uh, sir, what's your name? My name is, my name is Bill. Can you dig it? <laughs> Can well, you dig it? Like, he probably didn't even intend to do um, that long. He just uh, happened. Uh, we'll call you back. <laughs> <laughs> but Can like, you dig it? Oh, my God. This day is killing me. This day is absolutely killing me. Yeah, man. We both had some interesting starts to our day. And then, um, and then I had to wait for a uh, contractor for the house later in the day. So Selling the house, huh? Selling the house. No, I'm not selling the house. I'm selling the house. We are up. It's a, it's the dryer. We get the dryer vents cleaned every year. That, that's exciting. That that's great. Uh, it's great content for the podcast. Wait, well, yeah, nothing wrong with that. But Everybody it, needs that done. It, it it is true. If you have never had your dryer or dryer dryer cleaned or your dryer vent cleaned, you should do it. And you should do it every year because it can cause a fire and it can be really horrible. So you should do it. <laughs> Just, just saying, it's just good advice. My main drag right now mm. is that um, I, I've actually officially been trying to get into the workout train. So, spoiler alert: we're probably gonna have a workout themed episode in the future. Because, I like that. Yeah. Um, but I also I am horrific <laughs> at proper calorie consumption. I am horrible at food and sleep. Mm-hmm. I'm just not good at this. We so gotta, we gotta work on that. Yes, but it like needs that, to be done. Like, like I can give you advice, but like it's so personalized, right? Like, what works for me isn't gonna work for you. Like, it's and what works for you isn't gonna work for somebody else, right? Yeah, and it's like I'm doing terrible. Like, for example, mm-hmm. so today, well, last night, oh, sorry, this morning I was supposed to wake up early to go to the post office to pick up a Kickstarter board game box that showed up, but as a result, I was like, I need to go to bed early so I can wake up, go to the gym. And what that ended up resulting in is me actually staying up till like one o'clock because I got a review code in for a game, which when it comes out next week, everyone should be buying it because it's really good. It's but called you- Mextermination Force. Mix. Mextermination Force is a ridiculous name. Like M-E-X or M-I-X? Like Mecha. 
Oh, Mecha. Okay. Like mech Extermination Force. I was like, like M-E-X. It's basically a Contra game by the guys who did Gunman Clive, but it's all boss fights. It's really, really good. But anyway, I woke Gunman up with like probably five or six hours of sleep, got my package, went to work, did not eat much because I'm strangely conscious now about caloric intake. Got home, had to drag myself to the gym. I got there at 650, which would have not given me enough time to work out and then go come to the episode. So yeah. I pretty much stopped the car in the parking lot. I sat there for five minutes. That's crazy. That you, I mean, like it is close by, but it's crazy that you went there first and you're like, I can't make it. And then you came over. I love how conveniently um, <laughs> goes, <laughs> Look, where apples. are the potato chips at? Where the potatoes? Well, there, well, there are apples now. Yeah, so Carlos, asks, apples. Carlos asks in the chat, where are the potato chips? And Pernell raises to the camera, apple slices. Well, I've got to clarify something. I'm not giving up potato chips. <laughs> no, no, no. It just so happens that tonight it is all about apple slices. And, and you shouldn't. And you shouldn't. And they are delicious. Um, Christy always makes Christy uh, um, always makes fun of me because when we look for snacks and stuff, I'm always like, "Ooh, I want to get a uh, um, like a like a smoothie with ginger and kale." And she's like, "Rob, no, 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 we gotta get ice cream or something." <laughs> like you don't know how to snack anymore. Kale <laughs> ice cream. Kale ice cream. Actually, I would eat that. Ew, kale cream. It just does not roll off the tongue. Oh, one more wacky thing we have to definitely get out the way. Yes. And we'll probably say some other wacky stuff, but sure. who knows? Yeah. So. I don't know why this, this is, has become a running joke with us for the last few days, but a couple days ago, Rob came over to the house, we hung out, mm. we broke down some video games, yeah. and one game in particular <laughs> was my copy of Resident Evil 2 on PS4, which I have, but just never really <laughs> made the time to sit with, so we started playing it, and the beginning of the game, open, oh, for the record, I got Rob to play the hardest difficulty, it was hysterical oh, to man, watch. I want to finish it now, because it was just crazy. It's good! way it felt like playing resident evil 2 again but anyway this the story is, is that in the in the opening there's like a guy driving a truck and of course he runs into a zombie but he's listening before, to, before, oh, go ahead, go he's first. listening to the radio and the, the guy on the radio is like i was on this date and i'm going to kiss the girl and she looks like she's just decomposing she's just disgusting and, and then and the uh the truck driver goes <laughs> just like my wife and it was just so stupid it felt forced it's so stupid we just started laughing and then for the rest of the game the now the it's game. Like we just come across a guy that the police officer in the station is like okay what you need <laughs> we saw it's all chaos here complete pandemonium we can't get anything done here we need to get out of here stat and the guy goes yeah just like my wife, yeah. like doesn't even make sense. He looks at he looks at the security camera and sees a guy like getting chased by zombies. Like, oh, I better go save that guy. Just like my wife. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it was just the best thing. It's like it's one of those uh, things where so the funny. joke makes no sense it, otherwise. No, otherwise it was just it was just really silly. I'm after, I might try to find the clip later just just to watch it again. You should, because <laughs> oh man, it's like it's almost like they wanted to keep the cheesiness in Resident Evil. Um, but also, I've been playing a new game. I've been playing The Messenger on the PlayStation 4. You've been playing Alex? The Messenger. Yeah, Alex. Sorry, buddy. You got played <laughs> on the PS4. No, oh, The Messenger mercy. is a great side-scrolling. I mean, everyone, if you feel a lot of our regular listeners do, do know this game already, and it's been out on the Switch for some time. But, but if you don't, it's it, Ninja Gaiden in a 2D to Metroidvania. Yeah. yeah. Like a side-scroller to Metroidvania weird concept. It has a lot of cool ideas like hitting enemies to get a second jump or third jump. Yeah, amazing music by um, Rainbow Dragon Eyes. Uh, A lot of 8-bit, 16-bit goodness in that game. Um, A lot of, yeah, good moves. Really great gameplay. Really um, good self-referential humor. I'm really enjoying it. I'm loving it a lot. It's uh, If you feel like side-scrolling platformers... 
because you're like me and, and you're an old man who doesn't want to play new games. <laughs> but that is a new game. <laughs> Check it out. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, but like it's like an old game. You know what I mean? Like the games I play now aren't new. I think I, I played, I played uh, that new, the new battle royale game, Fortnite. No, the newer one. Oh, Axis Apex Legends. Apex Legends. I played it like a couple times. I'm like, this is fun. I'm never gonna play that game again. Well, and you're probably better off. Uh, it never ends. It never ends. Yeah, yeah. You just, I'm just gonna run in there and get killed. I'm like, hey, everybody, <laughs> hug me. Ah, I'm with my team. <laughs> like my wife. Oh mercy. Yeah, I know. Uh, so uh, this week we are gonna have all of our musical suggestions from Patreon listeners and from listeners of the show. How does and that sound? spoiler alert, there's some gems in here. There's this some week. really really good stuff. But today is seventeen eight. It's an even episode, so I'm gonna start the show. And Pokemon style, I'm gonna say Mixix Master. I choose you. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay then. Well, what did you choose from the Mix Master? Uh, Mixix Master would like to choose Onimusha Two Samurai's Destiny for the PlayStation Two. This is the track called Merchant Town, which I think it takes place in a town full of merchants. <laughs> Possibly, I'm not sure if they own the town or if they live in the town, or it's just like. Um, they go there for summer, you know? Oh, like spring break. Yeah. Spring break! Summer. Yeah, they, they're not really... I mean, just the merchants go there, but you don't buy anything. Because they're just all... They're all swimming. And by the way, just random thought. I wonder if Rainbow Dragon Eyes is a, like, is a U.S. composer. Because if so, we should look for that person. Yes, he was on the VG Embassy. Really? Yes. Really, really cool guy. Um, really great background in uh, heavy metal. And Ooh. really into chiptunes. So, yeah. Listen to that episode. It's really good. Really, really good. Ed, Ed's, a, Ed's a much better interviewer than we are. I disagree. <laughs> and I love Ed. Yeah, I love Ed a lot. All right, so yeah, again, this is from Onimusha 2, Samurai's Destiny. And this is Merchant Town from the composer Toshihiko Horiyama. And this was picked by Patreon member Mixix Master.
You're listening to Merchant Town from the game Onimusha 2, Samurai's Destiny for the PlayStation 2, composed by Toshihiko Horiyama, and this was picked by Mixix Master. Uh, and he says, I loved the original Onimusha, but I remember getting to this town in Onimusha 2 and just getting sucked into the game. The drama this track creates is awesome. Honestly, I... Yeah, I think so. So, I guess, technically he's in the chat, so when he hears this, he can answer it in a second, mm-hmm. but... Was there combat? Did any combat take place in this town? I do wonder about that because it sounds like the sort of try to just play during a place where you're just walking around communicating with characters, maybe making some purchases yeah. and there, prepping for your next definitely. mission. There's tension there, though, with, the, with that with this drum, so maybe it's like a prelude to something serious happening. Or maybe something serious has happened and you're walking through the aftermath. Maybe it's the merchant town, but they're all sold out of all the stuff that you wanted to buy. What do you think? I'm not. All I, the only thing I think <laughs> is that I'm actually sad to have never picked this game up. I never played it before. Well, correction, I played a little of the first one because when it originally came out, I was backlogged and broke. And my main thought was that it was like, oh, it's just Samurai Resident Evil. I can, I can hold off on this. And yeah. then, of course, it was good enough to get two more sequels on top yeah. of the original. And I just never made the time. And I think recently it actually mm. got a remake or remaster on PS4. But I still never managed to just make the time because, well, we know how that goes. You know what's funny is that I've never played Final Fantasy VII, and I was, I kept thinking, like, you know what? I'm going to download it and try it for the first time on PS4. But then I keep thinking, I'm going to wait for that remake. They're going to do it, right? Which game now? <laughs> Final Fantasy VII. That by the time the, but the thing is, the remake's not even going to play anything like the original, so you could technically play So that's good both. then, right? Well, in the sense that for but, a person to say, I'm going to wait for the remake mm-hmm. and then play it, having never played the original, you're not hurting yourself to play both because they're going to play so differently. Yeah, but... And they're going to probably tweak the story to the point where they're probably going to be hard to compare in that regard, too. Well, that will make more sense, probably. I'm, Maybe. Gonna, I'm highly going to doubt that. Have you seen Advent Children? Uh, yeah, I know, but like, it's just 2019, Pernell. They don't. They haven't gotten better. Yes, they, they have a localization team. When they made Final Fantasy VII, I don't think they really did. I think it was like some guy at a keyboard going like, "Oh, was that word say? It probably <laughs> means." Actually, I would. I would almost wager wager because I don't know for a fact that. That was probably one of the first big localization projects to happen because of how much how propped up that game was to release and mm. do well. It was on the podcast where we like to promote other podcasts on the show. <laughs> on the other podcast, Retro Knots, uh, they've been doing a two, maybe even three part series on Final Fantasy VII, which I've been finding fascinating because I don't know much about it. And they talk about the, the localization of the game and, and its influence on America because it came out at a time when anime really wasn't being. Um, uh, brought to the states as, as much, mm-hmm. so they're they're almost crediting Final Fantasy VII as being like the popularization of anime in America. Really? Yeah. So I knew for RPGs in general, it definitely De- hit the definitely, super yeah. spot. But, but you think about it, like, like was it '97? Like what, what 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 did we have in '97? We had like fan fan subs of Golden Boy. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, we had fan subs, and we liked uh, them like Ruben Kenshin and um, Evangelion buying child's toy mm-hmm. from irreputable vendors in Northern Virginia yeah. who then or later got arrested by the way for you, selling those VHS tapes. You know who you are. <laughs> in jail. Yeah. Um, Alright, so uh, Pranal, how about your first track? So, also to answer the question that I posed earlier, Mixmaster did say that this is exactly a place where you walk around, 
and you make purchases and mm-hmm. communicate with townsfolk. No combat happens here. Okay. Very fitting track for the environment. Yeah, I like it. It's a good opening track for the show. Yes, it is. Yeah. All right. And I'm going to follow it up with one that actually got submitted a month ago, mm-hmm. and I was sad to not play it because I was ecstatic that someone would have picked a track from this game. <laughs> and that track is from the game Always Awakening. It was submitted by Cam Worma, and the track title is C- The Sea Monk Boss Fight, and the composer is Robert Kreese. Mm. And it is a banger. All right, let's go. You're listening to the Sea Monk boss theme from the game Always Awakening, composed by Robert Kreese and suggested by listener Cameron Cameron Worm. (laughs) So, this game is one of those types of titles that I feel deserves way more love than it's gotten. Yeah, tell me about this. And no one talks about it. I I didn't listen to this before the show. I wasn't expecting this to be chiptune, but like really awesome chiptune. So, the game itself, Assy, I did a review for it a couple months ago for, I think it was for S- Assy, it was for SML, and when it was suggested to me, I was like, eh, never heard of the game before, and on the cover, it's like a kid with a hood and sneakers yeah. and a wand, like, why are you wearing sneakers? I don't know, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> okay. And um, I ended up taking on the review, Yeah. and it's a lot of fun. It is, you are a wizard named Zoe who just shows up in this world. I can't remember why you're there. It's been that long since I've remembered this plot. I'm ex- I'm ex- I assume this is like all kind of like a throwback NES style. Yeah. Okay. Definitely yeah. throwback. And the music to match. Um, so you're basically walking around this interconnected world trying to find like these like four entities and beat the stuffing out of them so mm-hmm. you can claim their power yeah. and then basically be powerful enough to beat the big bad boss monster. But as you explore, you get, like, different magics, only, like, three or four total, but they can each be upgraded at one time. And they are, um, they're, some are for attacking, but mostly they're for puzzle solving. Hmm. And it's simple stuff, but it works. Like, one is, like, a green gelatinous cube that when you put it down, you can get it to use it as a stepping stone. Okay. But then it can also be placed in water to work as a floating, like, vessel, so you can, like, swim or sail across water. Hmm. Um, there's, like, electricity to power devices and stuff like that. And the music in every area... Is as good as this. This is really, really good. The um, 
the notes I have is this is a boss. This is boss music. Yes, yeah, the theme for the second boss under the under the shrine of the sea god. Wow, it's 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 got kind of like a. I wouldn't say it's like a chill pace, but it's a much slower pace than I would expect for boss music. Uh, how how do the do you know how the the boss the boss battles play out? Yeah, you're basically, they're basically like boss battles. Like the boss will show up on the screen, like one on one yeah. situation. Yeah, yeah, like it'll be like a monster. Like he might like say, for example, like make water rise up from the ground. And you have to dodge the water, the water, the jets of water, mm -hmm. and land and basically connect attacks on him at the right time or with your staff, which can be used as a melee weapon. That's good. It's just. It's just a good game, and Cameron wanted to make sure I stated that it is 100% NES, not retro-style graphics. So that oh. is true. And it is, yeah, it is pure um, NES 2A03 with no expansions. And if you listen to it, and I'll turn up the music a little bit right here. Yeah, there's only four channels rocking out. You got, like, the two square waves, the triangle wave, and the noise channel for that percussion. Sounds really good. I actually wonder if this is Cameron's favorite track in the game. I want to get. I want to get to that breakdown one more time. We're almost there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Cameron, let us know if this is your favorite track. I know, like mine is. I might. I'm probably getting the pronunciation wrong. But it's like the Amber um, Sanctorellum or something. Mm. Sanctarium. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. Here it comes. Three, two, one, go. Oh. <laughs> This reminds me of something. He beat me quite a few times, so I heard this track a lot while I was playing the game proper, though. Uh -huh. That's really good. Where it goes, um, right before it loops, like, that little splashy sound, it mm -hmm. goes in reverse. It goes... <laughs> it's really clever. Great, that's an awesome track. Thanks for sharing that, Cameron. Alright, so next up, I've got a track from... Uh, That Nick Walker. Which Nick Walker? That Nick Walker. Oh, whoa, okay, then we're good. Uh, listener and supporter of the show. That Nick Walker. This is from the game Monster Hunter 4 for the Nintendo 3DS. Composed by Marika Suzuki, Miwako Chinoni, and Ryo Iratani. Um, I'm not sure which composer worked on this track specifically, because I couldn't find... The, this track name in the uh, in the original soundtrack notes on the um, online, so we'll find out. But this is battle music for Devil Devil or Devil I think it's a battle for a specific area or oh, like a specific I, I, oh, I can talk about that. Okay, so this is Monster Hunter Four for Nintendo 3DS battle music.
You're listening to Battle with Devil Ho from Monster Hunter 4 for the Nintendo 3DS, composed by Marika Suzuki, Iwako Chioni, and Ryo Uritani. I'm not sure which composer, but this was picked by that Nick Walker, and Pernell's got something to say. I just love, first of all, how the thread started going nuts about this jerk from the very <laughs> moment it was announced as a, as a selection. The chat's blowing up on this. this is this a boss? I'm assuming it's like a boss battle or just, just one of the monsters he fights? So, first and foremost, the lead-in. I never dealt with him in any of the earlier monster games. I never played them long enough to oh, fight. It's a recurring Oh, yeah. It, a lot of the monsters recur in this okay, okay. bring them back and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, but Monster Hunter World I got into in mass, like thickness. And I was playing with a bunch of friends who were veterans with the series and whatnot. So... Devil Ho, whose name I'm likely mispronouncing, that's how it goes sometimes, <laughs> well, is, yeah. is, uh... Oh, 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 so, uh, just, this... <laughs> I was looking up information on this song, I hit the Google Translate, and it's, uh, it's like, Devil Joe? It might be Devil Joe. Devil, <laughs> Devil to Joe, or something it's like that, It's like, yeah. like the dark version of Joe from, like, from Facts of Life or something. Um, but basically, when the DLC for this character came out, which was mm. free DLC, it just okay. was an update it's or whatever. It's an extra little, little thing. Yeah, like an extra event and a new monster. People that I was playing with that knew the series was like, Oh man, the murder pickle's in! I'm like, the what? Murder pickle? Yeah, they referred to him as, you know, murder pickle, devil pickle, um, <laughs> devil ho is his actual name, so there right. it is. There you go, yeah. Um, but... Basically, they were all talking about how much of a pain in the ass he is, blah, blah, blah. It's like, if you see him, you just run. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what does it do? Like, you'll see. Okay. And to give you perspective on it, so Monster Hunter World and Monster Hunter General is all about small people with armor fighting ginormous monsters, beating the tribe and taking their clothes. Um, so... <laughs> taking their skin and making clothes. Making clothes. Yeah, you, you, know, <laughs> you gotta doubt it. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, apparently, the deal with this guy is that you don't just go out and look for him. Like, he's not the mission most of the time. What actually happens is you'll be hunting something else. And then out of nowhere, he'll just, like, stomach splash into the fight while you're fighting something else. He just shows up. And just beats the tar out of you. So, do you, does this music, like, lead in before it happens? You'll hear it, you'll hear it when he's running in, but it's already too late once that happens. <laughs> um, so what ends up happening is, like, he can, for example, he'll take another giant dinosaur, he'll bite into it and pick it up and throw it at you. <laughs> That's not good. He is a jerk. And he got, like, a weird frenzy mode, too, mm. that I remember, where, like, his, he would get red and green, and he would just be impossible to take down. His mm. tails are hard to gauge. Mm. I've beaten him a couple times, but uh, if I can have a choice and I'm not going for his armor or something, I'm getting the heck out of Dodge because he is a complete jerk. Wow. I don't like him. I like his theme. It is very menacing and terrifying. Yeah. Fittingly so. This is, yeah, this is some crazy intense music. Um, it's, it's letting you know that there is some serious danger afoot. Um, this is really good. Yeah, people in the chat are saying, yeah, this is the uh, the Devil Pickle. <laughs> Go on. Watch out for the Devil Pickle. I'm really into this. It's, I'll have to show it to you next time I swing by the house, because I, I need to get back in the Monster Hunter world, honestly. I stopped around the time you reached, like, rank 50, which you can unlock those, like, those, like a set of decorations or something you can start using for your weapons. Yeah, I came over a couple times, and you were, you were playing it. You were, I think you were doing one of, like, the, the side quests or something to do something. Honestly, uh, the whole game feels like one giant side yeah, quest. Yeah, it was some special, like, maybe it was, like, a special quest for the weekend or something to earn, like... Oh, that makes sense. It's probably, like, a stuff. Sakura festival or something. Yeah, Sakura festival. But it's, it's a great game series. Um, I... I bought Monster Hunter Generations, the remake for the Switch, with the intent being, I'm going to play that one. I'm going to focus on it because there's like, 
over 100 monsters in that game, whereas at the time that I stopped playing Monster Hunter World, there was maybe 40 or something in that, which sounds like a lot, but it really isn't. Huh. <laughs> you, you get through them pretty fast. But each monster is like, a, is like a one quest, right? You're after that one thing. Not so much. Like, sometimes it'd be a quest you have to fight one monster. Like, you might have to fight this Tyrannosaurus Rex-looking mm -hmm. thing who's, like, Anjanoth or something like that. But there might be another quest where it says, fight two Bagel Goose. Yeah, we call him Bagel Goose. I don't even know how to pronounce his actual name. I can live fight with that. Fight two Bagel Bites. Bagel Bites. Just delicious flying demons. Um, but it might be something like that. Or sometimes it'll be a quest where they tell you to do something, mm -hmm. and while you're out there... Every environment you go to is like its own ecosystem, which means other monsters you are not hunting live out there, uh. and they live, they do their own thing. So, similar to how Devil Hole works, every Devil Joe, every once in a blue moon, you might you might be fighting one guy, and this like weird giant Triceratops looking thing will just walk on the screen, it's like, oh, everybody's having a party, yeah. I want to join in, and he'll just rush the monster too, and he wants to fight the monster with you because yeah, that's what I liked about Monster Hunter or watching you play Monster Hunter was that the um like. The AI of all the creatures, like they just, they really do have a mind of their own. Oh, um, so I had a question. I got it. Yeah, oh. yeah. So Carlos asks uh, Pernell, what weapon do you use in Monster Hunter? The weapons that I use, I primarily use the dual blades because I'm all about, you know, swift and stealthy. Well, not really stealthy. I just like climbing on backs and stabbing them. Um, so dual blades. I was trying to get better with the, I want to say it's the charge blade. The, or is it basically the charge blade, the one where it's not the switch axe, but it works similar to it where the blade can transform into like a super blade okay. and you just start mashing jokers. But I was trying to get good with that because it is a powerful weapon that is rarely used because of major technical weapon in the game. Because okay. some of the weapons are actually hard to get used you to. You liked to use it because it was hard to use? Honestly, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, the thing is, is like, there's like, I want to say 15, maybe 16 or so weapon types in the game. I could be off. And they range, they vary in difficulty of yeah. use or ease of use. So I chose the dual blades at first because I just well, like the idea behind them. But they were also one of the easiest weapon types to use. So what ends up happening is when you join up with other parties, right. there are specific types of weapons that you're going to see often. And is that one of them? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, for example, it was mentioned in the chat that Carlos uses or Carlito uses the insect glaive. Yes. The insect glaive. It's not an easy weapon. I don't think it's one of the hardest, but it's definitely at least mid-tier. I don't think it was easy at all. So I don't think you'd see the insect glaive very often in a match. So if someone rolled out with the insect glaive, that's an awesome thing to see somebody battling with, and you want to see how you gel fighting alongside that character versus, oh, another sword and shield, oh, another long blade or whatever. You kind of lose that drive. The charge blade, though... Is just weird, and when you get it to work just right, it looks spectacular because it's just one move where you charge it up to like max power, mm -hmm. then you jump in and you stab the guy, and you start pumping power into it, <laughs> and it just makes this massive explosion. And it is so satisfying. So if you can land it, it, it just feels good. It feels amazing. I get that. Chris Anderson says, "I like the chargey sword thingy." Yes, and I think I, I think I think I would like it too. It's so good. Like I said, it just makes this massive explosion. <laughs> You feel amazing when you pull it off. <laughs> yeah, Nick Walker says that this song makes him think of Godzilla. And yes, I was trying to think of like it, of uh, maybe Jurassic Park, but not Jurassic Park. This is this is straight up Godzilla music. Um, so what's your next charge up? Charge up your next track attack. Well, your, your next musical um, monster. Well, the next one I'm going to pick is probably not a surprise to anybody in the thread here today. Well, it is because they don't know what submissions, submissions we've got. Yeah. But... Um, well, I am a big fan of this game, and the track came through from our old friend Witchy. 
I always call her witchy because I just like saying that. Okay. Um, so submission being Persona Five track title Rivers in a Desert, and the composer is my boy Shoji Meguro. I never knew who wrote the song or anything though, but I had to look it up for this. The composer, the writer of the lyrics, they said was Benjamin Franklin, which yes. I'm almost betting. I feel like that's a joke name. No, though. that's his name is Ben Franklin. <laughs> it is actually Ben Franklin. Yes, he's uh he works with Konami. He worked in on um, 2DX 17, uh, uh, Beat Mania 2DX 17 on a song called Brazilian Fire. He worked on a couple soccer games called Winning Eleven. Oh, I know those. He did music for God Eater. And Ooh. Persona 4 The Golden, which I don't know what that is. Oh, it's just like an updated version okay. of Persona 4. So yeah, so he's, he's done a, a few things, but mainly um, lyrical tracks are just lyrics. And then the vocals are by um, a woman named Lin Inaizumi. Yes. So we got a vocal track. And it's a good one too. All right, cool. Rivers in the Desert from Persona 5.
So, you just listened to Rivers in a Desert from the game Persona 5, composed by Shoji Maguro and lyrics by Benjamin Franklin <laughs> and vocals by Lid Inaizumi and suggested by listener Witchy of Witchy Solar Sanctuary. This track is a banger and it's amazing because when it first happens in the game, mm-hmm. I didn't like it. Oh, really? Yeah, so uh, Persona 5 has at least, at least that's it, I'd say maybe like three boss battles because there's like a mid-boss theme in the game too. But um, this music comes up at the, when you get to like the, I'm going to call him the penultimate boss even though there's like a few after this, but mm. they don't count. Okay. Um, penultimate boss of the game who is like a guy named, I'm not going to say because people might still need to play the game. So <laughs> What are you talking about? What are you trying to say for now? <laughs> buy the game, Robert. Um, so... When this track picks up, I'm like, where's Blooming Villain? Which is the normal boss theme that comes up in the game. Yeah. And I was a big fan of that track. So instead, it's this track, but it doesn't even have the vocals. It's just kind of like uh, like an instrumental version of it. It's a little quieter than this. So I'm like, all right, yeah, whatever. The guy's like riding. A, I, I can't even describe that because it spoils it for you. But basically, it's like a pretty big looking boss. At this point, just don't worry about it. I have to. You got to. I have to. Uh. But basically, it's a ginormous boss, and you're like, okay, I can beat this guy. And it doesn't help that, in my usual fashion, I didn't prepare to fight the guy. I did the entire arc, which is the dungeon that this is in. I did it all in one sitting, on hard mode, thinking, I'm gonna beat the game after this boss. So, the dungeon took about four hours to do. Okay. I didn't finish this fight until, like, 6.30 in the morning. Yeah, like, you did... <laughs> So, uh, Wait, so you started this fight at like 2 a.m.? No, I started the dungeon at like 2 a.m. Oh my god. And it just kept going wow. and going. And I also never left the dungeon to recuperate because I don't play that way. No. I do every dungeon in one run. Um, so <laughs> Until your heart gives out. Until my heart gives out. So after you beat the first form of this guy, mm. this version of the track kicks in. The full track. And it's just the guy outside of all the crazy stuff. And you're like, oh, this is where it's going to become a much easier fight. I could take him. Yeah. And I was burning through health something fierce against this jerk. But this track. This track is amazing. Get, it put the energy uh, in. Man, this is this is high energy. I love how clean the vocals sound, too. Like, um, sometimes, like, like especially in video game music, when there's vocals to it, mm-hmm. there's, like, a lot of echo or there's kind of, like, a, a lot of effects and it's kind of weaved in and out of, out of the music. This, these, these, this singer is front and center in this song. Oh, we need and to know. It's so soulful. This is so good. I we love just had it. a question that came through, though. I'm wondering if you'll pick, you'll be able to pick up on it. Okay, so who asked the question? Witchy goes, Rob, what would be your Phantom Thief coatening? So, oh, uh, uh, it's it would be. To give you an idea, all the characters, their code names are based sort of on like what their uniform looks like. So, uh, uh, and their uniform is based on their cognitive self, like with how they see themselves in the cognitive world. A boring white guy. <laughs> no, you wouldn't be boring white guy. <laughs> I'd be boring white guy. <laughs> you'd be bland human. No, you're not. That's not true. <laughs> um, you'd be like a DJ or something. You'd be like mixmaster. Like, yeah. oh crap! You'd be you. Crap, that's already taken. You can't be Mix Master. I can't be Mix Master. You can be... Uh, <laughs> um, I will be... Uh, I'll be... Looking cool, DJ. I'll just call you that. Looking cool, DJ. All right. I'll take that. 
Well, you'll be DJ, but the guy will be like, looking cool, DJ. You'll be like, I just got here. I don't know what's going on. I'm just, I'm just here to hang out. I just hung out. I just got here. Now you want me to fight demons? Pretty much. God, hunting for demons. But like, Is this, that what you want from me? It, yeah, it's what we do in oh, the time of the world. I hear the music, so... But like the I music I gotta get in started. this game, yeah. it's kind of makes me sad oh, too. Because like I love how poppy the music is in, in this game. Every every time I hear music from this game, I'm like, I could hear this on the radio, and I'd be into it. Yeah, like yeah. Shoji Maguro, I'll mm -hmm. stand by my fact that I still, and you've heard me say this plenty of times, so this isn't a secret, that I still stick by preferring the atmosphere of Persona One and Two. Oh, totally, yeah. And the music in a lot of ways too, because. Mm -hmm. While this was before, actually, Shoji Maguro did do some of the music in the older ones too, but he wasn't the sole composer back then. No, um, but I, th I feel like it was his influence that made the the, the soundtracks of the older like really kind of dark, mm -hmm. like funky dark. Yes, now dark funk, the <laughs> funk D. Um, so like this, so basically, even with that in mind, like when he came on board full steam ahead with Persona Three, he started doing these themed soundtracks where it's like every game would have a sound style to it, like yeah. um, like. I've heard people describe Persona 5's OSTs having like a disco-esque sound. Disco slash yeah, like I mean, this, soul. This definitely has like a disco-y, like the singer is like disco. The the, the, the rhythm, the, 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 the beat, it's got that um, kick hat, kick hat, kick hat, hat, hat. And I'd honestly yeah, take yeah. a ring to say that Persona 4 had more of a poppy theme going for it, and Persona yeah. 3 had a like R&B-ish style going for it. Yeah, Persona 4 had, which is the only Persona I've played, Oh, you played three. Oh, three is what I did. The one with Tartars. Yes. Hey, you played three. Yeah. Wow. I, I missed. I missed an entire persona. You missed two personas. I, Technically, you missed four. <laughs> well, who's counting? <laughs> but who's counting? I Me. <laughs> I'm <laughs> counting. You are, and everyone who listens to the show. <laughs> um, all right. So let's move on to your. <laughs> oh, brakes! Wait, hit this is my brakes. track. Uh, we got. We got to hit the brakes. Because uh, Witchy says she actually prefers the Persona PSP OST. Oh, is there, so there's a diff, uh, well, is it a different game? No, there's the same game, so... So the Persona original 5 game. for the PSP. This, I think this was actually before you were working at Electronics Boutique, actually. I was annoying even before you were working there. But <laughs> when Persona 1 came out in the States, it was like 1996, <laughs> and it was called Revelations Persona. It was the first attempt to bring a Shin Megami Tensei game to the States. Yes. And for some dumb reason, Atlas at the time felt compelled to make a lot of censorship changes and tweaks to make the game more appealing to Americans. Like they made one of the white, they made one of the Japanese kids into a black kid. Okay. Um, and they made him curse a lot because black people curse. Um, they cut an entire quest out of the game. Clearly. Clearly we curse, that's what we do. Yeah. Um, they cut an entire like, I'd say 40 to 30%, 30 to 40% of the game out of the game. Mm. Just cut it out. Um, wow. They, translation issues, all kinds of stuff. It was just, it was a hot freaking mess. They thought that a kid with red hair, or sorry, with black hair, and like goth earrings was offensive, so they gave him red hair and he removed the earrings. You know, I feel like the, the localization teams, especially in the late 90s, early 2000s, like they just, they were just making decisions. They just didn't know. Like they weren't asking people. They were just doing things. They were just making making these changes. Like, oh, the American public isn't ready for this. Or they were like the, uh, the game players of America who are, you know, 13 or whatever. <laughs> They're not going to be into this. But um, no, but no, you know, we're grown up. We can take it. And that's why I would have liked those. And and we can take a, a a Japanese game that's that's made for Japanese audiences. Oh, and this for day, what it is. Oh, you know? this day days we totally can. But that back be, then they didn't know any better. They were all chickeny and stuff. These days I go on like on the PS4 um, uh, shop online. and I'm like, oh wow, <laughs> like, everything's here. Like the floodgates are open. Yeah, it's just like what everything goes. If ain't the company, we hit the brakes. Yeah. So let me wrap this up so we're not oh, too long. True. So. 
when um, years, many years later, there was a PSP port that got done. And it was basically our chance in the States to finally get all the content that got originally cut from okay. the original U.S. So release. Like the full Japanese release on the PSP. Yeah. Cool. Also, side note, I did go to E3 in like 2001, 2002. Yeah. And I bumped into... So your first one, right? That was the first one yeah. I went to. And you can bet your butt I went to the Atlas PR guy and said, yeah. what the heck were you guys thinking? <laughs> you ruined a great game. They're like, who are you? It was hilarious because I was like, I'm just some dude, but I'm going to do that thing where I'm, I'm, I'm acting like I matter and I'm, I'm going to yell at you. I'm here to get answers. <laughs> you got to tell me why you made these decisions. It's terrible. I gotta answer my bosses. I gotta let them know. <laughs> but, um... What did you do with Persona? So, when they re-released the game, one of the things they changed was they gave they, they brought Shoji Maguro back as the full guy instead of just, like, doing some of the He did the entire OST. He, um, was the director. He composed it and directed everything. And he did it with his normal, his style that we had gotten used to when Persona 3 became big. So, it was very stylish. Mm-hmm. All the state, all the um, vocals for like the battle themes have like yeah. lyrics and stuff. But my thing is, that's, like, that's my percent of three. I had mixed <laughs> feelings about it. Like, people were outright saying, this, this is a terrible OST, blah, blah, blah. Like in the main Persona groups, my, in the at Shin Megami Tensei groups. Yeah. But I'm like, but I felt like the tracks were great. Mm hmm. But there was, I could have taken and leaving some, okay. left some. Like, it depended on the track, like the boss theme. There's some stuff in the original that you were like. Oh, yeah, yeah like the yeah. boss theme. And if you're listening to this, Witchy, check it out if you didn't play the original version of it. Um, the boss theme was called Deadline. I think I even played it on the show many moons ago. Um, the original boss theme had, it hit like a truck. Mm. And when you heard it, you knew you had to win a fight. Oh, we're going to listen to this later. But the original, but the boss thing they did for this game, while it sounded mm. good, yeah. it didn't feel like it had any tension to it. It was like, it just sounded good, but it didn't feel like it needed to be there, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Oh, shucks. No, I understand. But by that same token, <laughs> the, the, the normal battle theme is way better in the new release than the original. I love the battle theme in the in the new version of it. Oh, I'll have to listen to it. Have we played them on the show before? No, Probably. we actually oh, haven't. We haven't, no, really. I think we've only played Deadline on the show. Okay, we should do a Persona show. I wouldn't mind Maybe that. Maybe it'll be the most downloaded show. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to talk okay. about high schools with power beyond their understanding. Yeah. And not just the normal one. All right, um, so my last track comes from Wicked Sephiroth, and I'm toning, I'm bringing it back, making it chill. He can give us a few tracks to choose from. I'm choosing the super chill track, because that's how I'm feeling. This is from Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze for the Nintendo Switch, composed by David Wise and Kenji Yamamoto, and this is Mangrove Cove Underwater. What do you know about Tropical Freeze, Pernell? I know that's a really difficult game. Is it difficult? I was going to say Tropical Freeze is more like... Um, Water ice going south, yeah. going bad. It's a delicious treat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is it from um, David Wise and Kenji Yamamoto. From Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze, picked by Wicked Sephiroth.
you're listening to mangrove cove underwater from the game donkey kong country colon tropical freeze for the nintendo colon switch <laughs> there's a lot of colons here um this is credited david wise and kenji yamamoto i'm gonna say and go out on the limb and say that this is just an uh, technically an arrangement of aquatic ambience from donkey kong country one which is composed by david wise and this is an arrangement by kenji yamamoto this is possible because we definitely i mean you did pick it up when you were listening to it. like that sounds familiar and oh, you're like doing all kinds of weird immediately like, yeah, i'm like there? just trying to find it again uh, uh catch you later catch you later kung fu carlito it's a pleasure buddy This is such a good song. So, yeah, I'm gonna thank uh, Wicked Sephiroth for bringing this to the show because this 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 music is like when I first heard this because I never really played Donkey Kong Country because I wasn't really into those those games mm -hmm. like especially at that time when they came out I, I didn't have a Super Nintendo. Um, when I first heard the music again, it was like wow, this is on a Super Nintendo. Like this this is <laughs> he was writing chilled ambient music into a platforming video game for kids you know who were like well donkey kong country i feel like it's, it's, it's just, almost it's almost a lie to feel like the same was for kids yeah because they're so <sighs> difficult they are so difficult but the but it, for me it's, it just feels like music that you would need to have a much long a much longer attention span you know to uh, to appreciate but maybe it's just because you hear the music a lot during the stage well i'm about to say you don't need a long attention span because you'll be too busy dying to get away from the track anytime soon if you don't have the fish in this level it's a swordfish like on guard which was a very yeah convenient name for, or appropriate name for a swordfish um Swimming was more of the bobbing up and down by tapping the button bit. The Mario swim. Yeah, the Mario yeah. swim, and it made Dude, underwater the, traversal very frustrating as enemies were like just bump, like just slamming into you. Do the Mario swim. No, no one wants to do the Mario swim. It's very, it's not very attractive at all. <laughs> it doesn't score well in the Olympics either. It's just, it's just how I was taught when I was a kid. You know, I went to the YMCA. Oh, all, all the other kids were doing it, and so. So I was doing it too. I love how um, Mixmaster goes. It's rated, it was rated E for everyone. I'm like, no, that was that was a lie. <laughs> that was a liar rating. Yeah, technically, technically, it was for everyone. But who's staying around to play, <laughs> to play the rest of this game? I think that's that's the real the real thing here. As for suffering, it's funny. I've never really seen a whole lot of playthroughs of this game other than speed runs, which which in and of itself is amazing to yeah. see, to watch something be a, some, a watch lot, be done. A lot, a lot of glitches and stuff. Um, I I love. The guitar on this track it just sounds perfect with it just like how the vocal sounded perfect on that percent of five track i think the guitar is perfect ow perfect on this one <laughs> <laughs> i think it's ow it's gonna slam my hands on this on the, on the that's desk. how strongly you feel about this guitar i feel really strongly about this guitar so much so that we need to mm. call the paramedics and the percussion's cool too and it started out you were kind of making the noises with your mouth oh that's nice yeah but honestly i like i like donkey kong country's ost I think I'm still partial to just the original, like the, the track that plays in the not just the first stage, but you first hear on the first mm -hmm. level. Like I love that track, and it's my most memorable. Like I know this and Sticker Boy Symphony are the oh, most popular yeah, yeah, ones. Yeah, totally. Well, not this one, you know what I mean, but the original Aquatic Ambience. Sure. That one and Sticker Boy Symphony are the most popular ones in the series. I'm always going to be about that first track from the beginning of the game. Yeah, that's a Purnell track. It's my jam. It's definitely more on the, on the Purnell track side of things. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so yeah, thank you, Wicked Sephiroth, um, Purnell. And also, one last thing to mention about this game, which I think is amazing, though... On, on this one specifically? This game, yeah. This game, yeah. Like, if I remember correctly, the whole point, the original intent behind Donkey Kong Country 1 was... Around this time, the 32-bit systems were starting to make their appearance. Mm -hmm. PlayStation 1 and the Saturn. And uh, Nintendo, being Nintendo, didn't want people to forget that their system was still viable because the N64 was still a ways off at this point. Yeah. And while we, they were hyping the N64, again, it was a ways off. So in order to keep people gaming on the SNES, they did, they pretty much wanted to consider like a graphical trick, which is... They designed Donkey Kong Country to be like, look, our games can be as graphically, uh, uh, look as good graphically mm -hmm. as the big boys. Look at Donkey Kong Country. This game looks amazing. And it did look amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, the, the sprites had a lot of animation to them, but they were animated as 3D models. And then they were scanned into two-dimensional sprites. And then the, the two-dimensional two sprites were used in the game, so it looked like it was 3D. Mm -hmm. It was not. So I, I, I think it's a fun. It was a, it's a cool trick. No, but the thing about that I like especially is mm -hmm. the fact that a lot of times when games make do that kind of trickery to mm -hmm. get people to buy stuff, it ends up being like a fad. Mortal like it's Kombat, awesome back then. Clay Fighter. Well, not so much Mortal Kombat. I think people still like Mortal Kombat, but Clay Fighter was definitely would definitely count. Yeah. I don't care too many people talk about how much they miss Clay Fighter. I'll tell you the um, the music for Clay Fighter is goofy. It's cheesy. But there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty technically. In, I think it's impressive in that way. Still. But but to make sure I mention because I got a feeling people are like Pernell's claiming that Donkey Kong Country is trash. Not uh, it's not exactly. Uh, Pernell, can you go on the record for me, please? I will not. <laughs> the point I was making though is that even though that we are well past the point where they need to prove anything, and we're past the point where a fad would be revealed as a fad, mm -hmm. this game. And it's two sequels. I'm saying two sequels because I'm focusing on that style of graphic display. Yes. Um, it's a sequel. They still hold up. There's still great titles that people still play today, oh, yeah. and their music is still talked about today. Mm. It is. It, it's it's good to realize that it's, it's in that it's in that echelon, the high echelon of like Super Nintendo games that you can go back to and still really enjoy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I still go back and play Donkey Kong Country 1 and 2, but I don't really bother with Donkey Kong Country 3. I think they, I feel like that was jumping the shark there. That was like Diddy Racing. Nah, Donkey Kong Country 3 was when it was Dixie it was, and, the, and and Kitty Kong, which was basically a gorilla in, a, in, like a, in a pajamas. Oh, right, but then, then Will Smith did the music, right? And it was get Diddy with it? No, it was Flavor Flav. It was Flavor Flav. Yeah, boy! He did the OST for that game. That was... It was it was a little controversial. Co-written by David Wise. <laughs> David Wise and Flavor Flav. Now that's one I would like to hear. Um, I, I I hear a remix. My it's ears coming right. on. A little, a little, a little smash up. All right, so Pernell, what's your final track? So my final track, mm -hmm. just like the last one I mentioned, is if when this track came through, it was kind of an obvious. Pernell, you kind of have to pick it because yes. So it it yes. warmed my heart to see. The track from Ease Chronicles, First Step Towards Wars, submitted by Chris Steenerson, composed originally by Yuzo Koshiro and arranged by Yukihiro Jinda, mm -hmm. gets submitted to the listeners list. Had to come up, had to be played, because this, this track is a beast yes. and it's near and dear to my heart. And we also just recently did Ease Month. Because by the time this episode comes out, it'll be the end of March. It was, yeah, we should, we should, we should call it uh, East Timber. <laughs> East Timber. 
All right. He's, he's Arch. Yeah, also um, also known as the Falcom Sound Team, JDK. Yeah. just listen to the first step towards wars and what a first step because i gotta say infants and parents alike would be proud if their first steps were anywhere near as awesome as that <laughs> you know what i think the second take was the best one <laughs> <laughs> this was from the game ease book one and two chronicles or ease one and two chronicles composed by originally by yuzo koshiro and arranged by yukihiro jindo of the sound team falcom sound team jdk 
And this was submitted by listener and friend Chris Steenerson. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Always, always good to have more ease music on the show. And it's so fitting, too, because like last month was ease month in Rhythm and Pixels chat. And Chris went all in on that bad boy. Played through Origins, or played, as he played Origins and played through the first ease game. And he's a, well, I can gather anyway, he's officially hooked and is ready to knock out the second game. Because Eve 1 and 2, once you start, it's like eating a bag of pr- a box thing of Pringles. You can't just stop playing it. Yeah, yeah once you pop the ease, you, you can't, can't stop. stop the ease. You can't stop the breeze from blowing through your <laughs> ah, weirdness. <laughs> Point is, though. Don't mess with my steez. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's just such a fantastic series. And. Even though the original compositions were written way back in like the mid, like the mid to late eighties, oh, they the old ones stand the test of time. And every, honestly, every um, rearrangement and yes. and remix of these tracks oh, so that I've good. heard are good. Like so I've not good. heard a bad one. I mean, yeah, it's like it's like Yuzo Koshiro like had the bones, right? And, and Miyako Ishikawa also like like they they created like these amazing, catchy, like rock tunes on the PC eighty eight and PC ninety eight or whatever. And like all of these arrangements, they just sound so cool. When you add like the full band and the synthesizers and the guitar, it just sounds great. It's just, it's, it's fantastic. It sounds so, so good. And it's funny, I played this game, the Keys 1 and 2 Chronicles, and I honestly couldn't remember if that very first part even existed in Ease Book 1 and 2 on the Turbo Graphics because I totally washed it out of my head. Oh, really? Yeah, my yeah. brain is always was always about going to meet Sarah the Fortune Teller and almost immediately after getting off the boat. Right. And then getting the adventure started. So you just sort of like just kind of went right past it. Um, I still genuinely believe that Ease 1 and 2 on the Turbo Graphics didn't have that small part at the beginning, mm. but I could be wrong. It's, it's been possible. many I years. Mean, like, I know on the different platforms they probably had to edit some things maybe for space or maybe like, oh, maybe like oh they'll be faster if we do it this way you know yeah like i remember you start right in promo lock and you're like okay i'm here go whatever but um it's i guess it stands out well i recommend this version over any of the other versions unless it's the turbo graphics cd version because that music is just immaculate and that's where my youthful nostalgia memories oh lie. yeah yeah I mean, we were just talking about that i'm not sure if it was recorded but we were talking about how like the nostalgia we have for some of this music, like it's really hard to separate from your love of that. So like that, like listening to a song, any music can take you back to that time when you first heard it, or that, or that what you were doing, like when you first heard, it, like you know, your first dance to this song, or like you were driving your car somewhere. Oh my god! If my yeah. first dance was to this, I would be ecstatic. Yeah. All right, now Pernell, now the bride and groom are going to have their first dance to first step towards war. <laughs> Who the heck chose this? I'm like, I did. That was me, that. sir. I'm sorry. I love that the bride and groom's first dance is the first step towards war. <laughs> <laughs> this is perfect. I do like that. It's ready to go. That is very funny. Oh, man. So I'm going to turn this track down, and we're going to get to the part of the show we call the bonus round. Bonus round. The bonus round is where we play covers and remixes based on our theme and, and arrangements too. Um, and my bonus track comes from listener and supporter of the show, OK Impala. I love that name. I love that name. This is from Chrono Trigger. This is a track called Sealed Door, and it is from a uh, compilation project called Project majestic mix and it is remixed by a uh, artist named mick mcvaff whose name is mike vafias 
So this is Sealed Door from Chrono Trigger.
This was from OK Impala. That's a sealed door from Project Majestic Mix as a, a Nobuo Uematsu tribute album. Um, and this one was remixed by McVaff or Mike Vafias from the game Chrono Trigger. And yeah, so you were saying this is um this was put together by Mustin way back in like 2002. Yeah, way back in the day, I was like, at the time, anyway, I was like, one of his, like, his, like, magnum opus, like, release that he was working on, I was like, this is gonna be so good, he was talking it up, and honestly, he was not wrong, this turned out to be a fantastic yeah. album. It's a really, it's really good, it's, it's there was also time and like, space. Like, mostly, like, trance music and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, because Mustin is all about, like, the, um, like, the jazz and, and all that, but I guess he's, he's a multi-instrumentalist. Um, so, OK Impala, um, he wrote, uh, along with the track... Um, at this month, I would like to suggest a remix from the classic remix album Project Majestic Mix. The track in question is Sealed Door. The haunting melody of the original Chrono Trigger track is perfectly remixed in this enchanting version by Mike Vafias. I hope you enjoy. And I, I, did, I, I do love how that melody sort of like weaves in. Um, and it's just a, it's a longer track, but I, I really like that. It's this is this is a good this really is a good, good really, track. really, really good. Um, all right, so Pernell, you went. Did was yours um, from a listener as well? Yes, it was. Though it didn't come through the usual methods. Oh, or this one? How did this one came in like a message in a bottle situation? No, it came in a way where I'm like, why is this not a submission to the show instead of sharing it on my wall? So, um, <laughs> listener Brian Pitt, awesome oh. guy with fantastic taste in music. All right, all right. Came across this all spectacular. Right, all right, all right. Oh, yeah. stop! Hey, go ahead. Hey, come on. <laughs> Matthew Nichols. No, no. <laughs> No, I was... Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Um, but basically, he shared it on the wall and was like, hey, basically me and another friend's like, you would like this track, you should check it out. Now, listen to us like, no, 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 no. You're not doing that. This okay. is officially your submission to the to the actual <laughs> Patreon episode because... And he was just sharing something with you and you're like, no, 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 this is going to be... Like, this is going on the episode right, right. because I liked it so much and he is a Patreon member. Therefore, it counts. Mm. So... This track is a remix from Final Fantasy VI. The track is titled Dream Till Tomorrow, mm. and it was it was arranged and done by a composer who goes by the name of Earth Kid. Yeah, I don't know much about Earth Kid, except that we know where he's from. Earth. All right, all Earth. right. All right. <laughs> Welcome to Earth. <laughs>
was great. That was like a palate cleanse. Eat your heart out, DuckTales moon theme. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I like that theme too. That was, that was the original call, like kids running through the street. Mm-hmm. Is that what they, uh, from Final Fantasy VI? I was actually going to read yeah, a thing. Kids, kids run through the city. Kids That's run so through good. the city. Love it. So, fun thing about this, if it sounded like a lullaby, well, <laughs> surprise, surprise, from the words of the actual arranger herself, mm-hmm. this source has a lot of personal meaning to me. I sang this lullaby to my son every night when he was a baby, until, of course, he turned two going on 20 and decided he didn't want to be sung to at bedtime anymore. <laughs> she says a lot more additional things about the song but like she at OC to... Remix, mm-hmm. oh, where she really... was actually posted. I love that, that she created a lullaby um, for her kid, but it was... Uh, karaoke of a final fantasy six song mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good it's man perfect it's i love it it's great it is so perfect as, as a lullaby well mm. see it's like i don't even have any words i'm like i need to come up with something like, i get excited i get jazz i'm just like i just want to lay back and relax yeah i like know. that a lot yeah they, that, that fits right alongside the uh the donkey kong country track mm-hmm. well for more information on the bonus round part of the show go to rhythmandpixels.com and we'll have links to all the SoundClouds and Bandcamps and everywhere. You can go download the music and support the artists. Support the artists. All right, so thanks for joining us on episode 17-8 of Rhythm and Pixels. Our look at nothing. This is a Patreon live stream episode. That's what we looked at. This was our look at Patreon listener awesomeness. Yeah. Our listeners have the best taste in music, and I love hearing what they have to send to us. Yes. I feel like um, we kind of get caught up in our own heads. And um, actually, all of April, we're going to be caught up in our own heads. Um, And we can talk about that later. But I cut you off. You were going to ask me a question. So, as we know, this track was submitted to us by our man, Electric Boogaloo. Yes. this, This final track, the theme to... Ace Combat, I think it's for the Sony PlayStation. No, I think this is the actually arcade version of it. Could be. But, oh dear lord, you check. Ah, I can take a look. Go ahead. Well, while you're checking, <laughs> one question he asked, he brought along to accompany this track suggestion, mm-hmm. was he was curious if there were any arcade games out there that you never got to play that you would have liked to have played. That is a good question, because I used to work at an arcade for a long time, and so I feel like I got to play a lot of the weird stuff. And so when I think about arcade games now, I think about how some of the really crazy ones, some of the weird ones, I, I, I never find again. Like, not the weird ones, but like Virtual On, it's hard to find now. I would totally play Virtual On the yeah. arcade again. Um, like Tekken Tag, that was always a good time. The original Soul Calibur, like getting that, I get like, you know, five or six people together and crowding around a machine and playing it. Um, but like, an arcade game that I would love to see again. I mean, we even had weird stuff like Top Skater, and um, Prop Cycle. Anything that like made you sweat while you played it. Prop Cycle was amazing back yeah. in the day. But the thing is, we actually did get to play that already, so it's not like we never played it, but I would like to see it come back, preferably in the gym. Yeah, exactly. But uh, is there a game that I've always wanted to, 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 to really play? Um, I, I would say Robotron 2084, but I finally got a chance to play that at MAGFest um, in January of this year, so that made me really happy. Um, so, yeah, I can't think of anything right now was there something that you wanted to play um i mentioned it to him in the chat but i should answer on the show as well um i never got i mean the opportunity is there because it's actually in the states at galloping ghost but i wanted to play that sonic the hedgehog 
I can't remember the darn name, but it was like a Sonic the Hedgehog arcade game, and that's where Ray the Squirrel and Mighty the Armadillo are, and they're in that game. But that actually is in the States and is actually available. Oh, that's where they're Miguel from? Goes, yep. Oh, weird. Sonic the Hedgehog arcade game, um, but that is available there. And aside from that, I feel like every arcade game that comes to mind, I have had an opportunity to play. Um, that I would want to, that I knowingly would want to play. As I also said to him, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a game out there that I don't even know has an arcade version. And so, oh, that's, I do remember one. And then as he flowed in this exact same manner where I remembered it while okay. saying that. All right, right there it is. Um, there was a Bonk's Adventure arcade game that came out, or at least it was in prototypes. I remember Turbo Graphics Magazine, Turbo Zone Magazine was showing pictures of it. Okay. And it looked really good. Bonk had this really shiny dome. Everything was shiny and colorful in this game. And it looked way better than what the Turbo Graphics could do at the time. And I wanted to play it. And of course, it never came to the States. <laughs> I still don't even know if it ever came out in Japan's arcades or not. But I would totally play that game today if I had access to it. Oh, I, I, I have never got the chance to play Alien vs. Predator in the arcade. That, that crazy beat-em-up. So I've always wanted to try that one. Because that's like one of the... The big Capcom beat 'em ups that I never got around to trying, um, and then other than that, like there's a there's a lot of 2D games that I remember when I was real little, um, like 2D platformers that used to be really big in the arcades, but you just don't see them anymore. Like uh, remember Willow, the mm-hmm. Capcom game? Yeah, there's a lot of good Capcom games, but yeah, Willow in the arcade that, that was had an arcade fun. version. Yeah, it was so different from anything. It was really fun. Um, so I would love to see that again. But yeah, that, that's that's where I'm at. So. Um, I guess that's it for this live stream episode, Purnell. We had some great music. We did have some yeah. great music. So if you have any track suggestions for us, or um, if there's any bands, or if you're in a cover band, or any, we're just looking for new music, or even episode suggestions, why don't you send us an email at our email address? Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. .com. For, um, for more information about our show, a full track listing of all of our episodes, access to all of our episodes, and links to all the other fun stuff that we're doing, check out the website, rhythmandpixels.com. Um, if you'd like to see us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, it's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. Check out our YouTube page. Just go to YouTube and type in Rhythm and Pixels. We have a 24-7 um, radio station playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics. Um, that's a whole lot of fun. And like I said, this is a, um, a live recorded episode for Patreon members. So if you'd like to uh, support us on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. Um, and any, any donation, any support there um, is awesome, really helpful. And you get access to these live streams once a month. You can come and hang out with us in the chat room and make fun of us and what we're doing and dancing to all of the songs. We do a lot of dancing. Um, have a good time. Yeah, and you also get access to um, mixtapes of the latest episode. I'm, I'm doing those again, so you get MP3 downloads, or you can play it through the, the website. And we'd like to thank all of our Patreon members at the end of every episode. I want to thank uh, that Nick Walker, Alex the Messenger, 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 Steve Miller, the Autistic Gamer, Cameron Worma, Christopher Shenstrom, Shenstrom, Damian Beckles, Bobby Arson from One Up Funk. Go check them out on Instagram, 1UpFunk, at 1UpFunk, 1UpFunk. That's a lot of 1UpFunk. I'm getting it in there. Uh, Wicked Sephiroth. The wickedest of all. Yeah. Okay, Impala, thanks for the track. Uh, Carlos Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast. Henrik Anderson from the Camouflage Commodore 64 podcast. Stealth out. Yeah. Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast. 
Best music voice in radio. <laughs> yeah, he does have the best, smoothest, smoothest voice for the smoothest jams. I want to thank Brian Pitt. The, he is not <laughs> I'm just over He here. is the best. Uh, Morton Gangso. Chris Maria. Jupiter Jazz. Soulless Sanctuary. Thank you, Witchy. Uh, Mix Six Master, John Jekyll. Jova Salo. Chris Steerson. And David Smith. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the show. Um, so we'll see you uh, next week on episode 17-9. Topic is StacyCon94. Yeah, it's all Barbie games. We should do Barbie games. <laughs> um, I don't actually, we're not really sure yet. So uh, thanks for listening to Rhythm and Pixels. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Purnell. Have a great week. See ya. And remember, I actually don't have much tonight, so I'm just going to say yeah. lesson that I can stand to take for myself. Which is make sure to consume the proper amount of calories when you are dieting. Do not allow the world's depiction of weight gain to reflect on you eating poorly. Take care of yourself so that you can build yourself better. That could be useful workout, so maybe I'll do it again later. Yeah, yeah.